Hi everyone, welcome to Val's Tales. I'm Val Portelli, writer of these stories. I'm Val's sister, Wendy Walker, and I'm the narrator. And Wendy's daughter, Jazz, is our producer. Every fortnight, we'll bring you a new story. Sometimes funny, sometimes sad, always thought-provoking. Settle down, the story is about to start. As an author, I often resort to Google to research facts and ensure accuracy. It occurred to me how incriminating my cash might be if I fell under suspicion of a crime, and this story was the result. Author's Dilemma The writing was going well when a knock at the door interrupted my train of thought. Who could it be at this time of the morning? It was too early for the postman, and I wasn't expecting any deliveries. I'd been up all night, but it was worth it. One final chapter of my novel and the first draft will be completed and I could catch up on some sleep. Ms Jackson. Ms Phyllis Jackson. Two uniformed policemen stood on the doorstep, but it was the older man in plain clothes who addressed me. My mind raced through various reasons why they should be here. I had no close relatives who might have been involved in a fatal accident and all the legal documents for my car were up to date. What about my television licence? I'm sure I renewed it last month, but if not, that would only be a fine, not warrant the presence of three members of the law. Yes, I'm Phyllis Jackson. What have you found? I mean, how may I help you? My mind was still on my protagonist, who had discovered the final clue to solve the mystery, and my brain wasn't functioning properly. We must ask you to accompany us to the station to assist with our inquiries. Do you have your house keys with you? No. I mean, yes. They're in the living room. I'll go and get them. What's this all about? My constable will fetch them, madam. Please come with me. I hope you won't make the use of handcuffs necessary. But I've not showered and I need to save my work and close my laptop. It's so close. After all my effort, I can't let it go wrong now. I noticed the glance they shared before I was led out to the police car and the uniformed officer sat next to me in the back seat ensuring I couldn't escape. Within a few minutes, the constable returned with my laptop, locked my front door and placed the keys into a plastic bag which he handed to the senior officer. That was the beginning of the nightmare. The few possessions in my pocket were listed. I was led to a dingy interview room and formally charged with suspicion of murder. I'd watched enough TV programmes to know my rights. I demand to speak to my lawyer. It was embarrassing. The words came out in a frightened squeak instead of the confident command I intended. But I was confused, tired and frightened. Give us his name and telephone number and we'll make the necessary arrangements for him to come here and represent you. That didn't happen in the movies. The only legal person I knew was the solicitor who had acted for me when I bought my house 20 years previously and I had no idea of the name of the firm or even if they still existed. My shoes were removed and I was put into a stifling hot cell to await the arrival of the duty solicitor before being faced with hours of interrogation. A strong black coffee helped, 
but after working solidly for 20 hours on my novel, all I wanted was to hit the bed and sleep. Are you acquainted with a gentleman named Frank Domucci? Yes. No. Well, sort of. He was the villain in my book, and although from months of writing I knew pretty much everything about him, he was only a figment of my imagination. Even his name was an invention, so why was I being asked questions about someone who didn't exist? That's not very helpful, Ms Jackson. Where did you first meet Mr Darmucci and how long have you known him? Well, I was working as an undercover reporter in Italy and infiltrated my way into his gang. It was originally set in the 1960s, but I decided to bring it up to date and I wanted revenge when he murdered my boyfriend. It took a lot of courage to get even with Mr Big, but I managed it and no one suspected me. A rival gang boss had made threats against him and ended up taking the blame. I escaped back to London, changed my name, led a quiet life, always abiding by the law without even a parking ticket to bring attention to myself. It was only when I noticed someone frantically scribbling notes I realised I was recounting the plot of my book and making it sound as if I was talking about myself. So Jackson isn't your real name then? Yes, <laughs> yes it is. I can prove it. Both my passport and my driving licence are at home. As the words left my mouth, I remembered I'd mislaid the box holding all my important papers. It was around somewhere, and finding it was on my list of things to do, as soon as I'd finished writing my book. That would be useful. Tell us where they are, and we can send someone to collect them. Hmm, well... Actually, I've lost them. Well, not lost, exactly. More mislaid, but they are up to date. I've even got my birth certificate. Anyone can get a copy of a birth certificate, Ms Jackson, or whatever your name is. But it would be a start. Where is it? It's with my driving licence and passport. Which you can't find. Suppose you begin telling us the truth, starting with your real name. Phyllis Lillian Jackson. I mean, Laura, not Lillian. The effects of the caffeine had worn off and my mind was addled from all the questions. Lillian was my paternal grandmother and originally I was going to be named after her, but my mother objected and I was named after her mother instead. What a stupid mistake to make. I knew my own name. Let's move on, shall we? How do you explain these items found on your laptop? A detailed map with the exact spot Mr Demucci's body was discovered, a substantial withdrawal from your personal savings account and a series of emails which detail a crime being committed. There is also your research history giving information on various poisons, how long it takes to bleed to death the difficulties in moving a body and similar problems. It's not looking very good, is it? They didn't accept my explanation that the money was used to pay a vanity publisher and everything else was to get the facts straight for my book. I was sent for trial. Fortunately, a member of one of my online writers' groups heard about my arrest and acted as a character witness to confirm that Mr Demucci had first appeared in Book One five years previously. 
It reminded me I still had the original draft on a backup disc with the rejection email from a publishing company. It was also discovered there was an administrative error in the police records. The body they found was a Francis de Mouchet, a known local villain and drug dealer. He'd been discovered at the bottom of a quarry which shared the same postal area code as the woods and someone had added two and two to make five. I was found not guilty. It was an odd coincidence, but although it was an experience I wouldn't like to repeat, it did have a positive outcome. The news was full of headlines such as Famous Author Jailed and Stranger Than Fiction. The name Demucci was on everyone's lips and my book became a runaway bestseller. The royalties enabled me to buy a small gated residence to protect me from unannounced visitors. But I still make sure I clear my research cache every evening, just in case. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying these stories, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also follow Val's Tales on social media. Details coming up.